0: Morning's lesson or Bible reading is from Proverbs thirty-one, one to nine. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine. All for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their mercy, sorry, and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> You're up next. I'm just going to I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Can
1: you know I'm off by heart, the, uh, the Pharisees, they have to learn the word of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Amen. the Pharisee sandwich? No. <laughs> <laughs> no <it's> just <laughs> <complicated>. <laughs> Father, <laughs> we thank <laughs> you
0: for raising this one. Lord, if your
1: word go forth, and minister to us and bless you as he speaks to us. Okay. okay, thank you. Everyone, good to be with you again today. Our greetings from Aldinga Community Church. We had Montas down, was it last week? The week, two weeks ago, was it? There, good as flies, doesn't he? All right, um, we're going to uh, look at uh, Proverbs thirty-nine and we're, uh, thirty-one, sorry, and we're looking at um, an interesting text. You'd think that we'd go to Proverbs 32 for Mother's Day, uh, the, the rest of Proverbs 31, you know, the, the wise woman who fears the Lord. But this is a text that is um, the text that comes before that, um, which is probably just as significant because it sets the, the scene for the last one, for the last section of Proverbs 31. And this is the words of King Leniel. King Lemuel's mother. And King Lemuel um, is reciting, he's learned some words that his mother taught him as a young um, boy, probably, or as a young man. And uh, he's probably got himself into some strife. Uh, He's a ruler, he's a king of Massa, he's outside of Israel. Uh, So he's um, bringing forward these words that his mother taught him to give in wisdom, to, to cope with life, to know how to to, uh, to live. So I don't know where we are with our slides. So if you just flick through, we've read all of that. So hopefully, keep going. So I did PowerPoint, you see, and so this is all a bit of a technological thing. Okay, here we are. So wisdom for life. So um, mothers, a godly mother brings wisdom her children and wisdom is incredibly important in life Um, i think probably uh, over the last 200 years we've celebrated knowledge over wisdom Um, that's more of a hellenistic uh, more of a greek way of thinking but the scriptures um, celebrate knowledge and wisdom together not one not either or knowledge is Having a understanding, a rational understanding, We're doing apologetics this morning, but having a, a, a knowledge and a rational understanding of our faith is very, very important. So that's why we talk about apologetics, that we we um, set out our doctrines in the church um, and all of those sorts of things and we need to do that. Wisdom is really uh, the ability to live that knowledge out in life, in created life, because it's not just a matter of being clever. It's a matter, uh, wisdom actually more important in the end because uh, in the final analysis, all of us, even if we can't work everything out, all of us can't, can actually love one another practically and that's a very important thing to do. And sometimes just a practical little act of love is probably the most important thing to do in life. So wisdom is very important because life is... Complex. God has made um, everything beautifully in the creation. He's put colour and function in the creation. There's lots of diverse elements. Uh, he's um, uh, he uh, and also there's the fall, which complicates everything. So that that beauty and that that diversity, that function, is disrupted and things become ugly. So you've got this mixture of uh, a beautiful creation and a good creation. Uh, functional creation, uh, mixing with uh, disruption, chaos. Everything goes back to chaos and emptiness because of sin. So to make our way through life, you need to have um, a lot of wisdom, just being clever. If you go to most cultures, if you go to churches, any group of people, the people they really honour and really respect in their their community are the ones who are wise, the ones who... Just don't get beyond themselves and know how to maintain coherence and unity within the, um, within the community. So King Lemuel, this is a, 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 the words of King uh, uh, Lemuel's mother. So we're listening to a wise woman as she brings wisdom to her son. And this is from outside Israel, as we've said. King from, uh, he's the king of Massa, which is a foreign country. Uh, and that indicates that there is um, uh, wisdom, what we call common creation of wisdom. You know, uh, people in the world can often be more wise than people in the church. I don't know if you've picked that up. Uh, there were some people, I was reading, someone gave me a, an article the other day because I had a discussion with her about uh, feminism and all, which is the hot topic today. And she's not a Christian. And she agreed thoroughly about the, ne- ne- the, the necessary... Function of women as mothers and wives and all that she was in full of agreements but she couldn't understand it within the Christian faith but she gave me this article of a feminist and basically the this is this British feminist said that um, uh, for some reason marriage is best it's sort of imposed upon us but if you look at the if you just look rationally and if you look at how everything works marriage is the best way to live so even the world she was advocating for a more of a traditional role for women and all the rest of it and so even someone outside the church can see that everything functions in a certain way so you can have a kind of a common sense uh, approach to life but you know in, in the faith that is all elevated to a whole new level because we fear the Lord and when we do things uh, out of fear out of the fear of the Lord uh, because he's the creator of the universe everything's elevated into a higher level into a glory that is not known outside of the faith. Uh, so we we look at it from a slightly different uh, angle, and um, and it's interesting that this text has been brought in by the Israel uh, sages, brought into Israel and sanctified within the community because um, uh, uh, under the um, uh, under the authoritative uh, word, people of the word, men of the of the of the country. So it's brought in and it's sanctified and it's elevated to a new level in the text of Scripture. So, but the point is about this mother, and this is very interesting, this mother of King Lemuel, she gets masculinity. That's quite something, isn't it? Uh, It's quite something for us to understand, for men to understand women and for women to understand men is a little bit tricky sometimes. I just remember... Uh, my, uh, my, my, my wife, um, we, we have three boys, and um, she didn't have brothers when she was growing up, uh, but she had these boys when she got married, you see. And one of my sons would just call her out to the back door when he was about three, and he would get on his bike, and he took great delight in pedaling as fast as he could and just smashing into the fence and crashing. <laughs> and she's going, I see, he's a boy. You know, that's what he does. And um, so she didn't get it. Um, but uh, she does now, really, I think. She's grown <laughs> in yeah, that's a long time ago. But uh, the, the, the difference between masculinity and feminine needs to be celebrated and, and cherished because God has made us in his image. You know, if you, men and women in creation are the royal image bearers. So to be a, a man is to be a royal king and to be a woman is to be a royal queen. A bit of due, sort of emphasising the words there, but, and together as kings and queens, God has made human beings to be co-rulers under Him, a vice-regents, if you put it that way, in the cosmos, not in the everything that's seen and unseen. He's placed uh, men and women to rule. So every so we are an elevated creature, if I could put it that way. We're creatures. We're thoroughly uh, dependent on God for everything, for the breath in our lungs and so forth. But as men and women, we have this 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 glory that He's He's put onto us, and it's rulership in the whole world, in in the cosmos. And not only as as it unfolds through the scriptures, not only in the seen world, but in the unseen. Paul talks about uh, the church uh, uh, teaching the 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 unpa- unseen powers of the truth. So uh, we have a uh, an incredible, men and women together have an incredible responsibility in the entire cosmos and you need to read your scriptures to get that. We need to work together Uh, There's one image, man and women together, one image uh, serving God in that way and within that image there's differentiations and the differentiations need to work uh, together uh, so that uh, the one image can then reflect and rule in the cosmos. So just as God is three persons and one God, we have two um, uh, genders, if you like, or two um, um, sexes coming together in the one. So the importance of motherhood. Um, she is an important, a very important person. In his life. To be a mother... Is to be incredibly important in a family. Um, now I say that you almost it, it may come across being patronising, but we've got to say these things today. I, have a, I, I take a group of young mums on Wednesday mornings, and they pile into my house, and they bring all their little kids who trash our house, and a lot of few look at the other, look after them. We we'll get these mums aside, and we sit down, and uh, they. One of the things I've noticed over the last year or so is that they were actually feeling guilty about being mothers, about sort of looking after staying home and looking after their little babies and all the rest of it. Uh, so I was just going through this whole thing of being a, a mother and giving time to motherhood and giving your heart to it. Uh, it's part of it, that indispensable part of the image that, that is needed. And this man, who was a king, is living off the words of his mother when he was younger so she's in a way prophesying God's word to him and that word is keeping him and so the words you see this is how it works with all this sort of thing. Um, he's a king in a nation and he's rule he's got a rulership authority, he's got authority he's got prominence but you see the real power doesn't come from uh, just within himself the word the real power comes from the word. And the word is coming from his mother. So the mother is the one who, although she's not in a prominent position of power, it's the word that is giving him true and wise governance in the way he does it. So it's not always as it seems and what it's... Look, we all got our place. We have our stations in life. Men have a certain station, by the way, in life. They, they have a, a leadership function in, in family, in church. It's not an exclusive thing. It uh, doesn't exclude... Um, women from ministry or anything but it is a leadership function, particularly a teaching function in the New Testament. but together as, as the New Testament shows that the, the, the whole community is the prophetic community and men and women together are to take up this prophetic role. and when we do that we become wise people we actually actually uh, and then what, what what's really governing everything is God from his throne and from the word that's coming from the throne. And that word permeates through all of our lives, one way or another. And we to listen to one another, to the word, to the wisdom of the word that comes to us from that throne. All right, so she's correcting. She's going, what are you doing? She's correcting him. So there's something wrong with him. He's gone off the rails or something. Um, verse 1, what are you doing, son of my vows? What are you doing with your life? So... Um, good son of my womb, sorry. A special, So, they, oh sorry, he, she, she, he says it twice. So what are you doing, um, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? Uh, so the first one is that she has this special feminine bond with uh, uh, her, her son. Now women who give birth to children, they have a special bond with their children. I don't think men really get that. Um, we kind of do, but um, I've noticed as we have five children and as four of them have moved out and got married, uh, it was harder for my wife than for me. I think bearing another human being into life uh, is a very special gift of God. It's actually a God, it comes from how God is really, God giving life to everything. So a woman has this incredible gift to give life to uh, to participate in the giving of life, we don't create, we procreate, is, is the technical term. So, we, we but, but there's, a, there's a, a giving of life in all of that. And so, uh, so when, when we get married, uh, we talk about leaving and cleaving, don't we? Uh, that's what the Genesis says. So, you leave your parents when you, when you get married, um, there's a leaving, a cutting, and there's a cleaving to your, to your partner. Uh, but i have a little saying when you leave you leave you must leave psychologically spiritually you, you leave the authority structures but you must and you cleave to your partner but you don't heave your parents <laughs> all right so that's what the culture does today by the way it heaves the parents out they talk about parentectomies <laughs> so they're talking about today <laughs> everywhere it's going on everywhere um, we kind of laugh, but that's what's going on. <laughs> uh, uh, dealing with a number of situations where um, children have been uh, counselled to get the get parents out of their life. <laughs> they are a hindrance to them. And I... I... Money. <laughs> oh yes, they turn. Up... <laughs> that's right. Turn up with in cash. But I, I know parents who have, have um, had their children divorce them. You know, like. Basically, send a letter to say, that's it. I'm not talking to you anymore. I've changed my name, yeah, sort of thing. That's happening in Christian churches, um, but but uh, you that, that's the world. That's the darkness of that's that's the lie. That's the counsel of the world. No matter how bad our parents are, we don't heed them. We uh, we love them. We we in 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 the, in the gospel we have the ability to forgive our parents' faults, and which are many. And what what. What we need to understand is when we get married when we're younger, we have just as many faults, you know. So if we just keep on uh, being unforgiving in that way, we don't, we'll never get anywhere. But we're to respect our parents, it's the first commandment of the promise not to heave them. Um, and uh, so he's got a respect for his mother, uh, which is really wonderful from his point of view. And respecting our mothers till the day we die, and we should do that. We should celebrate them. You know, Mother's Day. We should celebrate Mother's Day, and we should give them honour and respect, not just as a patronising thing, but because they have a, a, a divine importance in the cosmos. You know, they, they reflect God in a very special way, just as men reflect in a certain way. Mothers do in their own way. So, just we'll just read through from Proverbs. 23, twenty-three, twenty-two. listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Pretty clear to understand. Proverbs 10:1. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. I remember when I was a kid at school, I played up in the school choir and got chucked out. And it worried me because my mum really wanted me to sing in that choir. And it really worried me that I was chucked out, and because of, uh, so I, I organised and I went uh, pleading to the to the guy to to the teacher to let me back in, and I got back into the choir, and my mother was very happy. So <laughs> all's all's well that ends well. So um, and the same thing. Proverbs twenty twenty. Next slide. Um, Uh, If one curses his father or mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Very, very powerful words, aren't they? Um, You know, our parents um, have a stack of wisdom. Our mothers have a stack of wisdom. And you're a fool if you don't go and listen to to their wisdom. Uh, worse than that, uh, if you despise them, you, you will be judged by God. So important is motherhood. So the, Proverbs 13, 30, 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You think uh, the, 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 the sage here is trying to make a point? <laughs> so so um, we what's happening today you know is with in terms of women is that there's this strange culture that we're developing and we, we're we building off off out of the Enlightenment the the principles in that rational it's a, it's a rational thing uh, like we're saying you can be rational but you can be incredibly foolish you can be clever that you can be a clever fool. That's the danger, you see. And you can't take life out of the created order. There is a creator who made things in a certain way. Everything is the way it is. And so your mind has to fit in with that creator and with that creation. You have to. You're talking about the narrow way to this morning. You know, we. It, it's an it's a narrow way into that, but but there is a truth that is broad and deep. And glorious, and we mustn't move out of that, uh, out of that wisdom. Um, And uh, today um, we have this thing of equality and individualism and all of that intellectualism. It's all merging into this sort of clever way of destroying our gender. So there's this thing about making women to be men now. A lot. I mean, what the? I mean, blokes. People. A lot of blokes look at and they go, what, what, what? And they're silenced and then uh, so you've got this you know this equality for females they kind of are pushed into this male world which the men kind of don't want them there anyway because they want them to be women you know you don't there's a difference between men and women uh, you, you uh, the way a man works is that uh, he has to have a group of men around him to help him to know how to live his life the men live in live uh, in, in Israel the, the, the men gathered at the gate of the city and they would discuss and they would they would uh, as a team they would work things out they'd work their own lives out uh, but a woman you don't have to tell a woman what she's about individually I was, I was saying uh, to saying to the of young mothers. I said to them, you know, you don't have to tell your daughters what they need to be in not. They've got it in their womb. They've got their calling in their biology. You don't need to tell a girl what to do in life. And she kind of sneered at me a bit. Uh, and she ran home. And she, the next week she came back. She said, "Yeah, well, guess what happened?" I said, like, what, "What happened?" She said, I "Was reading a story," and um, and. Uh, uh, the story, uh, and then we we're talking about there uh, was this doctor and stuff in the story. And I said, well, I, I just said to my daughter, I said, "What do you, what do you, what do you want to be when you, when you grow?" She said, she looked, and the daughter looked at her and says, "Mummy, I just want to be a mummy." <laughs> so there you go, <laughs> femininity. It's a, it's, it's a, it's an ontological power. It's, it's, it's built within uh, a woman's being, and it's a glorious gift. To creation, and here we have this woman. Not only in that way, but now she's got this woman whose part come out of her, and she is um, making sure uh, uh, she is instructing him on how to live. So she's this not only has this close bond, if you like, with her this familial bond with her son. She's prophesying. She's instructing him, giving him the word. And not just a philosophical word. She's giving him a word of how to live his life. A practical word. Okay, next one. Son of my vows. The next part of that verse is, what are you doing, uh, my son? Son of my vows. And so like Hannah, she made a vow to God. One Samuel uh, one eleven. She bowed, she bowed a bow and said, "O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant, and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head." It's interesting listening to women who occasionally you get a bit of a snippet. I get it from my, I heard it from my wife, but other women and they talk about praying when their babies are born and putting a prayer and making a vow to God over the life of that child so the vows of a a mother and to a certain extent that's that's come to fruition in this this boy's life because he's ended up to be a king of a nation so vows are very important as part of that giving of wisdom um, giving themselves to their children women give themselves to their children in a very special way by the way um, some of the most difficult counselling sessions I've had over the last twenty-five years are with older men in particular who uh, had lost their mother when they were very tiny. Or in one case, a mother had abandoned the child, this boy, when he was, he was in his 40s when I was counselling, when he was two or three. And she was around, but she refused to look after him. And he was not in a good place. He was a Christian father, but he was not in a good place. He, he, he can't, I mean, we can get over these things, by the way, in the grace of God. And his problem was that he hadn't sort of submitted to the sovereignty of God and forgiven his mother. But nevertheless, it was still true uh, that he was really str- struggling um, with that. Okay, so what's the actual advice? Next one, thanks. Okay, three wise prohibition, feminine prohibitions for men. All right, there's actually four in here, but I've done three for the sake of time. All right, so do not allow a woman to undermine your authority. There you go. So she's she's this powerful, godly woman, but she does not want anyone uh, to... uh, to to do not give your strength to women or your ways to those who destroy kings. So there's two things there. Women, uh, women can lead. Uh, a man can give himself to another woman in a wrong way, and or she can lead him away, uh, and then that can um, undermine a man's strength and his authority. He can suck out all of his life. Uh, And so he says, don't give your strength to women. So godly women understand the importance of masculine authority. Life is about order in unity. Life is about giving. um, uh, It's about understanding uh, in creation. When God said, uh, God made everything good and it was good, it means two things. It means that everything's Functional and beautiful. The word good in the Hebrew is tov, and the Greek is not kalos. And that has, a, 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 like a coin, has two meanings in, in, held in the one. One is functional and the other is beauty. So if you look at the world, it's incredibly beautiful. Even if the world's going to pot around us, there's still a beauty there. Even if we can't see it, it's there. It's there every day. Calvin talked about the whole world being like a theatre of God's. So you walk out and you're in a theatre and you're looking at some glorious thing going on all the time. But there's order and there's structure. There has to be order and structure in the creation. And a godly woman understands that there must be order and structure. And she knows that a man must take his place in the order of things to take for that. Um, We're going to see how this plays out in the next few verses, how that um, unravels uh, in terms of the moral life, he's got to be a moral man to be able to do that, because, uh, and that's what she's talking about here. So don't give your your strength. Uh, So uh, women have, uh, wayward women have the power. What she understands too is that wayward women have the power to destroy a man. So don't ever talk about women not having power. That is absolute rubbish. Never, it's never. They've always had a kind of a power. They've got a different kind of a power. That's all it is. Uh, so there's kind of a lie, this, this patriarchal thing that everyone's talking about, which is actually a perversion of what's actually going on in the history, by the way. Um, but women do have power, and a woman can destroy a king. A wife can destroy her husband's authority. She has incredible power. She can do that in all sorts of ways. In, in a marriage. So do not allow your authority. Yep. Next one, thanks. So the dangers of wayward femininity for men. Uh, Proverbs five eleven. my son, be attentive to my wisdom, incline your ear to my, to my understanding, that you may keep discretion, and your lips may guard knowledge, for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smooth as an oil. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword, her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to shield. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander and she does not know it. If you read Proverbs 7, a wayward woman will suck a man in sexually, a prostitute if you like, and she takes him in. She sets herself up as this, as this um, glorious, beautiful, um, religious. She's offering sacrifices. If you read Proverbs 7, very carefully. she takes her into his lair and she murders him. Women are very powerful. Um, they uh, women can do it just like men. The uh, depravity is an issue for men and women. It's not. It's not just one or the other. It's for both of them. And this woman, this this mother of this king, knows that. That if he gets to to be with the wrong women, they'll destroy him. They'll destroy his kingship as so wise for him just to keep away from certain things. Like for men today, listen listen to your mothers, listen to the women. Don't get involved with pornography. Don't get involved with uh, with a woman who's trying to seduce you. Don't get involved with it. It'll destroy your life. It can take you down a path and destroy you. It's very dangerous. So, um, mothers would be saying that to all the men here, to their sons, very clearly today. Right, so we'll keep moving. Um, next one. Then she says, don't drink too much. She says, so alcohol. So in the New Testament, an elder is not to be a drunkard. 1 Timothy three three. So a leader, a ruler, is not to be given to alcohol. There's no, uh, there's no hard and fast rule right through the scriptures about giving over to alcohol, but this fellow may have got caught up and he may be drinking too much, and she's seen that. Um, it's quite an issue today amongst pastors. I don't know if you know that. A lot of pastors are drinking today too much, and it's causing a lot of problems. It's a lot of problem for their women, and if they don't listen to their wives... Or their mothers, who rebuke them, they'll be disobeying God, would they? Because um, drinking can be um, a real problem, and women feel the pain of, of drunken masculinity very acutely. It it really it really makes them feeble. because a man has a lot of innate physical and uh, other strength that he's got, and he can he can cause a lot of damage. A lot of physical damage, so it puts a lot of really undermines a woman's peace and her security in life. So, uh, so listen if someone is saying to you, especially the women, if you like, if you're a man, if you're drinking too much, listen to the women in your life. Listen, listen to them. If they say to you you're drinking too much, listen. So, in Ephesians 5.18 Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So, debauchery is to lose all self-control and to lose uh, become disheveled and to use your powers in order. So the next one, the third one. Then he he goes on, don't neglect the care of the afflicted. These are all practical things, aren't they? So the the, the problem is if you give yourself if you're a man and you're ignoring the, the advice of your mother or your women around you and you're getting involved with uh, women in the wrong way and you're drinking too much alcohol but what what do you stop doing well you stop loving people so god is the one that cares for the weak that's right through the scriptures god cares for the weak the whole basis of us being christians that uh, god loves us because we were weak we were nobodies israel was a little tiny nation All right, so um, you forget the way things are. God decrees that the the weak be careful. Leviticus 19.10 And you shall not strip the vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. So the basis. So being caring for people, um, particularly for the weak. Acts 20.23. Thank you. Next one. So, in all things, I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And he's talking to the Ephesian elders there, to the men. So elderships, leaderships, men are to look after weak people. They're not about promoting success primarily and glory and all that. Leadership is to be a leadership for blessing. This is what marks Christianity out so incredibly differently. It doesn't throw out all the creational order. It maintains it and heightens it in Christ. And then what happens is that we learn to be people of love. So uh, if you're in a position of authority, this, this mother of this king would have been in authority over him when she was a mother when he was young. But now the tables have turned and she would have cared for him And loved him in his weakness as a little child. So she was setting him up in the very issues of life, in the very day-to-day rhythms of life. She was setting him up how to be a king. So that's what I'm saying. If you're a mother, you be a mother. Don't let the world separate you from your kids. However you do that, do it wisely. Because you're putting into them the very nature of God himself. So wise masculine, next one. Wise masculinity um, uses its God's given strength for the blessing and the strength of the others. Okay, next slide, thanks. And the last one, we'll finish off now, very quickly. Open your mouth, verses 8 to 9. <coughs> Open your mouth for the mute. Interesting saying, isn't it? Speak. So what do men do? They go quiet, but. they? So in the garden, when Eve fell, what was Adam doing? What was he doing? Who knows? Genesis three six. Who can tell me? Hmm? Well, yes. What? Worse than that. That's actually very kind. He was standing there next to her, saying nothing and doing nothing. Here's this. Great man, Adam, who'd done all of his work in the garden. He's named all the animals, so he's doing all of his work. And when it comes to spiritual matters, what is he? Silent. That is the problem. That is the key issue with men. So men, it's funny how men are given the word leadership ministries in the church, but they're the more followers in that business. So anyway, so men are to open your mouth. Don't be like Adam at the fall. Don't stand there and do nothing. Don't say nothing. Speak the word of God. Speak up. Speak justice. Speak up for those who need to hear your voice. Uh, So Genesis 3, 6 is up there. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and this tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. So he's standing there, watching it all unfold, and saying nothing. And she's saying, speak up. So open your mouth. Next one. Open your mouth. Speak up for the destitute, those who have no voice. Look after the weak. Be, be, Be men who lead, and be a blessing to others. I think we've run out of time now so uh... So let's pray together Father we thank you today uh, that you have given us back in the gospel in the great husband of the church and the church uh, the feminine church you've given back The great gifts of masculinity and femininity and we thank you that these gifts come from you as our great creator and we thank you today lord that as men and women we stand together we thank you for the word that you have given to us we pray father that uh, you would uh, fill our women with your holy spirit to be those prophetic mothers and wives and friends and daughters of those around them. We pray for the men, Father, that we would not be silent, that we would take up our authority, receive instruction uh, from you and from the women in our life, and to share that word and to defend those who are weak. So give us strength for all of this, we pray, Father, and help us in our weakness and forgive us for all of our sins. We thank you that as we stand here today, that the blood of Jesus goes on cleansing us from every sin. We pray, Father, that you would empower us uh, to lead society as men and women back into
0: this glorious creation order. We ask this in Christ's name.